You're listening to Leonard Birdsong Radio on TalkZone.com. Here's Professor Birdsong. Leonard Birdsong back with you. Yes, I am still Professor Birdsong, but you don't have to be that formal. You can call me Leonardo like my girlfriends do. We've got another guest with us, and for over 35 years, our guest, Edward Meyer, has traveled around the world collecting unusual stories and unbelievable artifacts to fill... Believe it or not, books and museums. He's a walking encyclopedia of information, some strange, some gross, but all true. He's acquired over 20,000 different museum artifacts, everything from a pin valued at a million dollars to a two-trunked elephant. My, my, my. Mr. Meyer, are you there? I am, Leonardo. I couldn't help but hear <laughs> girlfriends in that interview. Well, you know, hey. Oh, my goodness. What a start. <laughs> well, listen, we want to know something about you and what you're collecting. It's a great museum here in Orlando. I want to know if you found out any sort of legal oddities that you want to tell us about. Well, I can talk a little bit about legal, but let me just start by saying, you know, we've got 33 uh, Ripley auditoriums, and we use the word auditorium rather than museums to acknowledge that we're just a little bit stranger than the average attraction, but 30, <laughs> 33 in 10 countries. Wow. Uh, my primary job with the company is that I'm the guy that buys the exhibits for all 33 of those locations, and I've been at it uh, going on 39 years now. Uh, you listed off a couple of the things I've bought, and uh, you know, you name it, I've dealt with it at some point. And legally, uh, my, my issues are always with the customs people, you know, what I can bring across the border, yeah, right, what I can right. ship out. And I, I've had some fun experiences, uh, uh, perhaps uh, the most unusual being a television show. Um, boy, I, th- I think it's called Border Wars, uh, filmed out of Australia. Okay. And um they they uh you know, I was sort of knowing that the that the show existed and that they were going to meet me at the airport, but I didn't realize they were going to meet me and be filming as I got off the, you know, 20 hour <laughs> flight. So uh there wasn't a whole lot of prep time or, or instructions, but one of the things I was carrying with me is a 19th century vampire killing kit. And this vampire a, killing kit. <laughs> what was it? A, a wooden stake? Well, it's a wooden stake and a few other things, but a, a very nice little wooden travel box. This is an authentic item that uh, originates in America for people going to Eastern Europe slash Transylvania. Mm-hmm. Uh, has a wooden stake, has a pistol with several bullets, has some garlic, has a Bible, has a crucifix. <laughs> uh, you know. Uh, a certain number of items all dealing with how you're going to save yourself if you should meet a vampire. Well, uh, as I said, I was uh, knowing that they were coming, but not quite prepared for what went down. And they confiscated the pistol in the kit. And, um, you know, and I'm begging and pleading and doing whatever I am. And they're considering it acting, but I'm considering it reality. (laughs) And um, they they confiscated my gun, which was going to be a little bit of a problem. Yeah, I understand uh, they don't like people bringing guns into Australia, huh? I got it a week later 
you know, without too much difficulty once I was ready to leave, but uh, they they wouldn't let me carry it with me. Now, the funny thing here was that, you know, it, it was quite clearly not usable. Uh, right. Uh, and it was, you know, circa 1840s, a very fancy little Derringer. Um, but what they wouldn't acknowledge uh, is that because it didn't have a serial number, uh-huh. they, couldn't, they couldn't track it. Right. Therefore, it was illegal. All right. Now, the, uh, so yeah, where, it, so where in the heck it, did you find this, Mr. Meyer? Well, we have uh, we have several vampire killing kits. Uh, most of them come from New Orleans. Um, a couple came from Boston, but they were all made in Boston uh, mm. in the 1830s, 1840s. The inside of the kit is virtually always identical. You know uh, the items I suggested earlier. Yeah, yeah, it depends on your personal wealth. You know, do you want a monogram? Do you want oak or maple? Do you want brass <laughs> handles or gold handles? So some of them are quite elaborate looking, uh, and basically it's a, it's a fancy box, but um, pretty rare item. You, you know, I, I think we have over 20 in our collection, uh, but I'm not sure I've seen more than two or three anywhere else. So, you know, wow. maybe less than 30 of them in the world sort of thing, and um as I said, we we have a uh, most of them, or a majority, came from a, an antique shop called M.S. Rao uh, in New Orleans, and I hmm. guess Bill Rao is just tickled pink by them. That any time he finds one, I'm the first guy he calls, and I have a I have a feeling he's probably out there looking hard for them because he just really has an interest in vampires too. Well, I had never heard of a vampire killing kit. Tell us about something else that's that's weird like that that may have to do with the law. All right. Well, I, I'm going to keep personal first, and uh, if you get tired of me talking about my own life, then we'll go somewhere else. But uh, one of the most unusual things that's ever happened to me, legal-wise, was a visit from the FBI. Uh-oh. And, and, and I've actually had two of those in my life, so I can tell you about both of them, but... But the, we we have a stretch limousine covered in English pennies, all plated <laughs> in ten karat gold. Okay, it, it is the most you know amazing, elaborate car you could imagine. We've actually only driven it once in in the many years we've owned it, and I was in the car when it was being driven. I wasn't the driver, but I was in the car. And we just did a, a very short little run down the major highway here in Orlando, Florida, I-4, mm-hmm. and and thought no more about it. Took it from point A to point B, and that was that. Several months later, FBI comes to our door. Uh, is there an Edward Meyer here? Uh, Edward Meyer, do you own a gold coin covered car? Uh, <laughs> I, I don't think they actually called it that. I think they just called it a gold car at the time. And, you know, well, sir, I bought it and I guess my name's on the paper, but no, I don't really own it. It belongs to the company. And, and I had no idea why they were at my door and wondered what the heck this was going to be all about. Well, I wonder it what it's all out, about. Yeah, tell us. Turned out that we had driven by a murder occurring on a side road parallel to the, to the highway. And one of the witnesses 
virtually the only thing that they could visualize was that they'd seen this <laughs> gold car in the background. <laughs> so all they really wanted was to know if we saw anything. <laughs> Were we witnesses to the crime as well? And we weren't. Uh, but it was absolutely baffling. Six months or so after the the incident, that and you know, like I'm going, we only ever drove this car once. You know, what can this be about? But there you go. It was such a big impression that it was uh, involved in a witness protection well, type situation. Isn't that something? Well, people who come to your auditorium in Orlando, will they see that car? No, um, it's up in Panama City Beach, Florida. Okay, well, it's still in Florida. That's the good it's thing. Still, okay. Well, listen, before we let you go, let's let me let, let me ask you a little bit about how you got Marilyn Monroe's lingerie and Lee Harvey Oswald's mortuary toe tag. All right. Well, both interesting stories. I need to update the uh, the PR piece though, because uh, just a month ago, uh, late November, we bought uh, Marilyn Monroe's dress that she wore to sing happy birthday to President JFK in 1992. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember now that. the world's most expensive dress. We paid $4.81 million for this dress. And I don't think anybody's going to you know, care about her underwear anymore. This, this dress is pretty darn fancy. But, wow, uh, in $4 million. In 1999, there was an estate auction held by Christie's in New York of Marilyn Monroe, and uh, we bought about a million and a half dollars worth of Maryland personal items at that time, including uh, two negligees, a brassiere, and uh, some skimpy little nylon stockings. So we, we, do, we do actually have her lingerie, but uh, my goodness, uh, I think we've, we're all going to forget that because this dress is you know, just the most beautiful thing we've ever purchased and, and the most expensive to date, you know. Well, that sounds good. What about the toe tag? Harvey toe Oswald's tag, toe mortuary tag toe tag. Interesting one. Um, we we have uh, bought at an auction in in Florida actually uh, many years ago. The neighbor's car that drove Lee Harvey Oswald to the assassination of JFK. So wow, unknowingly we got a connection here. Uh, so the car is, you know, a big full-size 1954 Hudson, uh, kind of a neat car, lots of chrome. And we have a display of Lee Harvey Oswald items uh, with the car as the centerpiece in our museum in San Antonio, Texas. Uh-huh. We, we had a visitor to our museum who said, well, you know, it's not as big and fancy as your car, but I know where the, you know, Harvey Oswald's toe tag is. And we ended up buying it from a DJ who auctioned it for a charity for the family, uh, the Oswald family. Uh, I, I think it was the, the, the sister that was in possession of it. Tiny little thing. It's only a couple inches square, but it has a, a couple lines written by the, the doctor who did the uh, um, uh, autopsy. And it's plasticized with a little lock of his hair attached to it. So if for any reason anybody wants DNA of Lee Harvey Oswald, Ripley's, believe it or not, has it. And All right. That's great to know. To the bigger display well, in San Antonio. Well, well this is uh, fascinating, Mr. Meyer. I'm glad you came on with me. Um, 
We do have an auditorium here in Orlando, and our listeners can go see it. They have some interesting, interesting things there. Well, thank you so much for being on Leonard Birdsong Radio. We'll have to have you come back later again and talk about some more of your finds, all right? Well, I was going to say, as a local guy, you know where to find me. We'd be happy to come on as often as you want us. All right. I do know where to find you. It's been so good. Always Uh, something new uh, on at Ripley's. All right. Thank you so much. All right. Have a great day. All right, that was our our last guest. Uh, We're going to take a pause for the cause here, and I'll be back with you.